Hello, you're listening to Talking Utter Slot, the slot car podcast. Be it Skeletrics or Carrera, Slotter or SCX, we love buying, racing, and most of all, talking about slot cars. My name is Scott Brownlee, and I'm joined as usual by my fellow slot addict, Pedro. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we'll be revealing how wrong I was about birthday gifts from family, full-size races at Sebring in Saudi Arabia, and how an old magazine article made me realise that today's slot cars are not as expensive as I thought. And it also brought back happy memories for me, if you do, if you remember, in that little chat. Well, you, I don't, if I'm honest, but I'm, I'm pleased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're starting I'm as pleased. we mean to go on. I'm pleased it did. I'm pleased it did. Slightly forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> Right, advance warning, I'm just going to move my microphone. There we go. That's better. That was a lot of noise and I apologise. Go. I think we need to start with a couple of updates. I'll tell you how I got on at my recently discovered local club. But first, the listener is eager to know, have you put any decals on any cars? (laughs) That's... uh, You know the answer. Why are you asking me that? That's just unfair. The, The honest answer is no. Um, I have looked at the car. It's still on its little spray stand. I have looked at it a couple of times. Um, did I reveal what it was? I'm not. I want to keep that secret because I don't want the boys at the club to know what I've done. Um, it's a very complicated library. I've discovered. Yeah. I think I knew it was a very complicated library at the time, but I've just realised how much more complicated it really is, and also <laughs> that I'm actually putting it on the wrong car. Which okay, it's all good. Technically, <laughs> so, I was, it's going swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Um, the, the annoying thing is, technically, that makes it a fancy livery when I'm dead set against those. But basically, I've got a set of uh, decals for a particular Lambo, and it turns oh. out that the decal I think it works this way, the decals I have are for an Evo, but the car I have is the sideways car, and that ain't no Evo. And that's really annoying. And I didn't realise at the time, I only realised once I'd got the things in my hand and I started looking at more and more research pictures and realised uh, they, they they move things around in terms of where some of the decals are, which is, you know, race by race, that does happen. But also, um, it's very clearly, I was looking at pictures thinking, oh, that's a good one, of the one-to-one. And just blindly went ahead and bought them from Atalaya, I think it's called. Um, and it turns out I, uh, they're Evo decals and I've got the non-Evo car. I do wish someone would make a, a Evo Lambo because there's a lot of pretty liveries out there. Just saying, Chris in uh, France, sideways, if you're listening. But the answer to your question is no, I haven't put any decals on. I have, however, no. oh, <laughs> purchased, oh. purchased another couple of sets <laughs> to, n- <laughs> to not put on things. And, and why not? I think it's definitely the way forward. Some people uh, collect that, plastic kits. I collect decals. You collect decals. I'm coming that true. I was, I was going to say, if you want a little bit of balance, you can ask me how many of the half dozen cars that are on the workbench awaiting a small bit of soldering I've done a small bit of soldering on. Okay, just t- two points there. Um, you're saying it wrong. It's soldering, clearly. That's uh, you know. And secondly, how many projects have you got on the go, Scott? Oh well, there's about half a dozen cars that need some soldering. And Sold- I'm going to stick to soldering? soldering. Well, it's like loose wires or you know guide blades, that sort of thing. You solder guide blades? Not well. You put the wire onto the thing, don't you? Have to solder that. You put the wire onto the thing. Do you not <laughs> you use scrub screws? <laughs> I've never I've been used converted. Scrub screws. So I got uh, ridiculed by um, well, let's this, name and shame. I th- I'm going to name and shame. Hard to believe. I know we don't have a solicitor, but I'm going to name and shame John Underwood. There. All right, said it, okay. Said his name. I use the term um, top hats for the little brassy bits that you put on the end of the motor wire. Okay. I we used to call them something else. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw them called top hats, and I thought, well, that works in a stovepipe, uh, Abraham Lincoln kind of way. And yep. um, I mentioned that down at the club, and I got ridiculed. And I just thought that was unfair. But now what oh. I do is I use grub screws. And screw the little swines into the guide. But on that's a good idea on the old but some of these are just 
they, 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 are, they come, the wire is soldered to a bit of metal which then goes into the guide. So right. reconnecting the bit of the wire to the bit of metal is what I need to do. Is that an this old is things like classic. Well, not, it's, it's like the classic F1s, so the Lotus 72, the Tyrrell. Um, You're talking Skeletrix. One of the yeah. Japanese Supras. Uh, what else have I got to do? So, yeah, it's that kind of one of the Lotus 49s, I think. Hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Japanese Supra, that would be Ninko. That wouldn't have been soldered anyway. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Skeletrix. I mean, what did they, what did they market it as under? Was it Quat- oh, Quatrox. Quatrox. I had those. I had, a, I had a full set of them, and I loved them. They had. Um, and what did you had, do with them? I flogged them on eBay eventually. Um, I loved them so much. Um, I couldn't make them work that well. They had. Uh, do you remember disc brakes that didn't spin round inside the hub? Their, their disc brakes were connected. They had a full-on kind of servo, no, not servo system, but the the disc brakes front um, front side to side were connected, so they didn't spin round in the hub. Ah, I do remember that now. You so, mentioned it, yeah. So you could clearly see them not spinning round as they shot past at a scale what <laughs> five hundred miles an hour. <laughs> what was the point? I didn't understand quite the point, other than the fact that yeah, whenever you picked it up and looked at it, the disc brakes would be in the right place. Well, you talking about scale speed has reminded me of one of the discoveries I made this week uh, because I was rummaging in a uh, magazine storage thing and I had some old Skeletrix catalogues and in among it I found my Skeletrix speed computer. Oh my God, yes. have one of the, you know, the well, I had cardboard disc. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's a thing of beauty. You know. I think I did it once. Now, for people who don't know what this is, I'll put a picture up. But, uh, if you Google it, it was two pieces of cardboard held together with a little brass clip in the middle as a sort of hinge. Uh, and you had to count up the length of the lane using the handy diagram on the back of the speed computer, which gave you the length to two decimal places of every piece of track. And then you would input, you would time your lap, and then you would line these things up on the speed computer, and it would point um, to a speed, a scale, as in a full-size speed. And more often than not, it was something ridiculous, like 300 miles an hour or something, because, of course, a toy car goes quite quickly. Anyway, you mentioning scale speeds, that's... Uh, but, uh, no, so I've got a number of things on the bench that need fixed, and what I go out to do is I think I could do that, or I could unscrew another car that does work from its box and just play with that one, <laughs> which is what I've... I guess what I do more often than not. Path of least um, resistance. Path of least resistance. That that probably leads me to talking about things that re- arrived in the post because we both um, we're both a year older than the last postcast, aren't we? Um, it was true. only a week yeah. ago, but we've both had birthdays. Um, and for the previous podcast, as a premise for us having our own slot car company and working out what we wanted. The starting off point was we said, well, birthday's coming up, and we seldom, I think we were careful, we said seldom, not never, get given slot cars as gifts. Well, my family clearly do listen to the podcast because they proved me wrong, because both my sister and my mother got me slot cars, which was great, and there were things that I wanted. This is because I, I told them what I wanted. Is your mother, don't you force her to listen to the podcast? <laughs> No, <laughs> if you oh, knew my mother, there wouldn't, there'd be no forcing. No, there'd be no forcing. Oh. No, she's. I think. I think she may force her friends and, <laughs> and neighbours to listen. To. That may be the other way around. If you look into the data, you can see uh, where there's a, a consistent listener in the sort of the borders of Scotland, in the Strathclyde uh, area. And that's my mother. That's my mother. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I got. It was great. I got. Uh, I got a Jägermeister van. Uh, the VW Skeletrix one, which is absolutely lovely. Can I just say, I'm I'm happy that it's great for you, Scott, on your birthday, and that you were getting all these gifts, which you're now going to tell us all about, because you, yeah, I'm an orphan, Scott. I'm an orphan now, and I've, I've played that card too often. But yeah, you have. Yeah. My mum doesn't. Uh, she doesn't even speak to me from the grave. <laughs> if she did, she'd probably see buy more slot cars. So I think mm. you can. Be... I'm not sure she would. Go on, sorry. You've got a Jägermeister VW van. I've got a Jägermeister van, which has got what I think are the most precarious wing mirrors on any slot car model. Ah, you mentioned that. Because they sort of stick it. I mean, it's quite tall uh, and obviously quite heavy. I mean, it was something, it's it's over 100 grams. Um, Is it really? It's quite a a hefty little thing, yeah. Um, Has it got a full um, interior? 
It's not a bus. It's got a dr- it? It's got a, this one's a van, so I don't know whether the bus ones have seats in, but it's, it's got a driver, uh, and the dashboard on the steering wheel stuff's quite nicely done, actually, for as much as you can see. It's uh, it's nice, nicely, nicely done, and the um, I got a Sierra. Um, now this was a good one. This was in I thought this was sort of a. I want to see a sale section on a well-known slot car selling website, and um, it arrived with Hang on, an is that Amazon. S- no, oh. no, no, no. Although I, you sometimes get slot cars. No, this is Pendle. But it arrived with a a thing I'd heard about but never had because I had about ten years off slot cars. I, I I fell from the path of righteousness and was buying diecast instead. <gasps> uh, it's a thing called a P- apostate. Is it a PRC chassis, PCR, some sort PCR. of three-letter, uh, which appears to be a Skeletrix-made thing because it's a Skeletrix-branded package with slotted on it, and I'm guessing you'll know because you go racing that this is so you can fit slotted bits and then put those bits on that chassis under the body for the Skeletrix car. Is that? Yeah, you you clearly gist? were uh, on the other side of the planet for a few years, weren't you? There was a there was this kind of a link-up. Um, very brief. I don't know if it even lasted a year between Skeletric and Slotit, where they did, as you say, they made a chassis uh, that would take um, Slotit components just dropped straight in. But it and I think a lot of us men of a certain age wish they had continued with it. But obviously the um, the board at Hornby said, "Well, we're not making money on this, and why are we encouraging sales of other people's spares? Let's stop doing that." So they did, which is a crying shame. Is that is that a record from the meeting, or are you just supposing that was the reason? I mean, could it no, be that, that just nobody bought nobody <laughs> bought a separate? Yeah, and, and sure, I end think, up giving them away. I think the market for separate chassis for Skeletric cars is quite small. You know, I think you're probably right, and I think the um, those fools with their printers um, probably cater for it. Uh, so yeah, it's a sad but true thing. But I think it's an interesting acknowledgement from. Uh, the board um, that their stuff isn't that you know they they knowingly make toys don't they um, and nothing wrong with that you know uh, there is I, and there isn't what I have to say is I took the Sierra out of the box as usual I took the magnet out as usual hang on what I library on was this did you mention the Labatt's Lab- one the oh, Tim Harvey yeah yeah, yeah some, somebody I worked with anyway <laughs> <laughs> no seriously <laughs> Yeah, genuinely. That's, not the reason. that's genuinely, four in a row, yeah, Scott. <laughs> yeah, he was a. Can he, he make was, it five? Obviously, obviously, he, obviously he was a. He drove for Austin Rover when he first started, or when he was started saloon cars, and then he was the. He was one of the touring car drivers who uh, drove the Igos for Igo Football Project that we did with Top Gear. Right. And and one of his one of his stories is about look at the look on my face when they were smashing all the eyes up. That wasn't uh, the pinnacle looked, of his career, was it? <laughs> well, More I yours, I would I, I would beg to differ, but he probably would. No. Um, anyway, the point being, I put the took the magnet out, put the Sierra on the track, drove it round, and it's lovely. It goes well. Yes, it slides a little bit, but it's it's that's what's nice about it. And I couldn't. I feel no. No need to change the tires, the chassis, the gearing, the motor. It goes. Oh, it's got a green end on the motor. I know you. I you messaged me about that, and um, I got excited on your behalf because I believe the green green motors are better. That's what I replied to you. Um, Is that you okay? Messaged me about it. I, I think they are hotter than other things. I got a, as I said to you, I got a Z4. Correct pronunciation there. Um, I got a Z4 with a green motor in it, and I promptly whipped the motor out and put it in a 911 because. Um, I like the Z4, but I like my 911 more. Um, anyhow, your your Labatt's and mm. your discussion with me about PCRs and so on and so forth made me, how weak was I? Uh, how sulky was I that I hadn't had a birthday gift? That I promptly went out and added to a, an order of spares for um, Sean, I don't answer the phone, Pendle. Um, they Labatt's from their sale list with a free PCR chassis, which I'm hoping will come, but there's some kind of problem with my credit card at the moment <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that I'm not sure how to follow that up really well, um, you, could, you could cast all sorts of uh, aspersions is that the right word you could cast all sorts of doubt on my <laughs> financial standing or indeed well, dodgy places I would I've do been that. using my well, credit my card fina- 
my financial stand, this is why I was encouraging family to buy me slot cars, because I really shouldn't be buying them for myself. But just to complete the list, I got the SCX uh, Barracuda, the silver one, which is new. Which I'm also jealous of. But essentially, I have got, because as you remember, because we first got to know each other as we helped set up Slot Forum a million years ago, there was an anniversary gathering, and uh, which I don't think you were at, unfortunately. No, but I, I, was, you told me about this, and I thought, why wasn't I there? That's annoying. I can't remember. This this was about, well, it's way back, so it must be at least 10, 11 years ago. Oh, easy. And I've, now, got, I've got a lime green SCX Cuda with a box which says one of 50 made specially for Slot Forum, blah, 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 blah. So where's um, mine? I don't know. It's probably still in a bag in a Birmingham hotel. <laughs> but the uh so I, as you know i'm not i'm fearless in the sense that you know collectors cars i take them out the box put them on the track and whiz them around hallelujah uh, but this one i haven't done uh mm. i my hand has stayed somewhat so um and i i took it took it out put it on the track beside the silver one took a picture of it and said these are effectively identical the new one's got a, sl- a different motor in it, but they're effectively identical, all by the colour. And because of that colour, one of them is worth, you know, five times the other one, which is crazy, really. But there you well, go. The, the lime green one being um, the, the valuable one. Well, in theory, in theory, you have to find somebody daft enough to want to pay hundreds of pounds for a car of a certain colour. So yeah. Now, this wasn't scripted, and this isn't going to go well, but... But... But what was the name of the film where the dude has to drive all the way across America uh, in a Cuda? And have I actually got that right? Is it he doesn't actually drive in a Cuda anyway? And he ends up driving uh, it. Spoiler alert, he ends up driving it into a bulldozer. Vanishing Point. Is it Vanishing Point? Vanishing Point. Well, was I that think, a Cuda? Uh, I don't know. Certainly what that kind of car, whether it was mm. a Cuda or not. Our American our, listener, if he's hung on. He'll know. About the American list, I can let us know. Mm. The other thing, the other movie, which is a similar sort of event, was the, uh, is it, uh, so bank robbers, lots of chasing through some Blues Brothers? farmlandy stuff, and then they're about to get, there's, there's, was it Crazy Larry and something? Ah, oh, Dirty Mary, or, Crazy Larry. There you go. They were in a go-faster car, weren't they? And were it's they? at the end, they're just about to get away, and they drive into a train, I think. Sorry for all these plot spoilers for Spoiler these alert. movies. So, Dirty Harry, Crazy Larry, if that's the right way around. Um, <laughs> that was an important film for me as a uh, <clears throat> pubescent teenager. Impression- impressionable young lad. Susan George, I say no more. I say no probably, more. But Susan probably George. just as well. Mm. Although it does lead me down a track. Oh, she um, could lead... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um... Do you? Well, you don't have scenery for your. We don't really have a permanent track. We don't, don't have, have scenery, do you? I've got. You I've got a, a lot of track. Most of it is under the sofa. But if I, I, I have mentioned to you, I have a cunning plan to make a small board, small board, small track on boards. And if there is scenery, there will just be grass, and that'll be it. Which is very disappointing. But you could get some uh, Carrera pit girls. Uh, really? Quite, no. Are they? New, like anime figures, I find them a bit bizarre. The, 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 going back to the Quattrox, they came with a little anime um, figure, didn't they? Pit, pit girl. Very girl. bizarrely, only in Japan. When you bought them, when you bought the Skeletric version in, in Europe, it had the little indentation on the base for the figure to go in, but there was no figure. The figures were a Japan-only oh. thing. I must have had Japan um, versions then of one or two of mine because uh, I had the grid girls. Well, I had a and couple. You of them. Yeah. And you sold for them. Yeah, for good money. Actually, I mean, I'm sure they're a bit more com- now, but um. well, yeah, they're nice. I had the nice models. I think they were they were f- file under too expensive to make sense because the amount of detail and uh, stuff that went on them probably. The um, reminds me when I was talk to you this other day. There's a guy on Facebook, uh, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Japanese chap, forgive me. If oh yeah, <laughs> and he. Uh, he posts. It's it is. It'll sound ridiculous. He takes his car to the track uh, club in Tokyo, and he goes for lunch somewhere. And he also stops by maybe a, you know, a temple or the railway station or something sort of scenic in the city. And he does the most wonderful photographs of the car in the city on the track, 
by his lunch and he has a little description of what he had for lunch and there's these lovely photographs of someone enjoying life and slot cars but it's bizarre and, scott i'm sorry you I, you sent me a picture you sent me a link or something and there was a picture of a bowl of soup with some chopsticks and uh, a slot car beside it it's like yes. what is going on here it's lovely it's really good I, I part of it is i've been one of the tracks he goes to is in a big uh multi-store multi-floor toy shop in tokyo uh, which i've been to with, with work and they've got a big wooden track uh, but they obviously run races that that they're a club space in Japan is at a premium, so um, they run club races and stuff there as well. So that, that has a certain connection to it. Anyway, that's talking about Japanese stuff. The other and finally one thing I must just mention is that to complete my little set, I got a mini, uh, which is one something I'd pre-ordered way back when. The, so this the was a Christmas. Uh, this was a birthday present to yourself. But well, yeah, probably last year. I can't remember when I ordered mm. it. I mean, there was stuff that's taking a lot of time. Uh, and I was a little bit, mm, is it going to be okay? It's going to be down. And yes, it's got a very fast motor in it, but I run it at nine volts anyway. Um, it's charming. I have to say, it is charming. Is it, it, sorry, uh, I was paying attention. Shakes his head. Um, did you say it's the Clubman one, the square it is mini? Richard Longman mini. Twelve seventy five. Yeah, I, I don't know why. When they changed the mini from the original mini to the Clubman mini, it it still had a. A bizarre, sweet charm to it, I thought. I think some people were offended by the new front, but um, I think they're both quite sweet. And that car is quite a nice looker. But what did you well, find I out about it, the motor? It's the the thin, long one that goes far too fast. Yeah. Same thing that's in the Formula One cars. I wish. Rubbish. With a toy, it's meant to run with a magnet. I take the magnet out, turn the voltage down. It's great. So you know. Didn't you also find that the all... motor comes out, though? Well, it doesn't seem to be. Yeah, normally when you, you know, the motor clips into the chassis, so even if the body's not on the motors, what seems to be the case is that you have to put the body and the interior on, and it it holds the motor in place. I think that is seems out, that is outrageous. Well, it seems to work fine, but you know that's. Um... Oh, okay, sorry. So when you sent me a picture, I thought you were implying that the motor would be flapping around inside and and just destroying teeth on the pinion but I the was bodywork will hold it in place the bodywork seems to hold everything i mean there's I mean, this thing is tiny so um, yeah i can imagine it's there's not a lot of space in there anyway um but it yeah it seems to work quite fine hmm. anyway that's enough about my birthday and i'm you know i'm sorry you didn't get any slot cars yeah we're only 20 minutes in and uh, we've just finished your birthday list so well done you scott <laughs> <clears throat> i say again i'm technically an orphan technically Technically, I'm not. I think you could. Is that only applicable to people who are minors? Anyway, no, no, no. I'm no. I'm claiming it. I am an orphan. You, My sister you, bought me something. We did have a deal that we wouldn't buy her birthday presents, and lo and behold, as she as is her want, she bought me a fleece. Bless her heart. She's a sweetie. There you go. But she would never go anywhere near Sean. I don't answer the telephone. Pendle's website. Well, you know, I must confess, I, I led the, the jury, as it were, because I suggested to mum that rather than a sweater, she'd get me a slot car. Led? I, didn't uh, you, no, hang on, we're not having that. You, you actually provided links, didn't you? Well, no, I did better. I, did, I placed the order. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't leaving anything to chance. No, no, so, so, so they will refund you in good time. It's one of the... Sad things. Let's get philosophical here for a moment. Let's just tone okay. it down. Let's get philosophical we need, and we need, deep here. We need some suitable. We need some suitable music for this. Yeah, remember, okay, I'll see if remember, I can find a remember, bed for this. Do you remember the old Radio One Simon What's His Face Our tune? Yeah, there was always some dreadfully traumatic thing, and, the, and it was the theme music. The from, theme music uh, was the forever associated. Although neither of us can remember. Anyhow, let's let's get philosophical. Yeah. As you get older, <clears throat> as you age, as your Primary school years in the playground turn to teenage uh, years behind the bike shed smoking. Um, don't you lament the end of the gift voucher in the birthday card? You used to get a lot of birthday cards in the post when you were a kid, and you'd open them up, and sure enough, Auntie Gertie had given you a £5 voucher for uh, WH Smiths, and then Auntie V had given you a £5 voucher for WH Smiths. And these vouchers would stack up, and you'd, you'd feel loved. And then as you get older and they will die off and you're left an orphan. Um, left as an orphan, not you're left an orphan. <laughs> Here, look after this child. He has no parents. Um, so <laughs> suddenly all the vouchers disappear. 
Are we lamenting the loss of family or the loss of vouchers? I'm not sure if we need to be more specific. <laughs> well, mm. be careful how you ask. Yeah, priorities, priorities. Which do I say? Well, because, the loss well, of the, I'll, I'll, I felt I'll the pain of the loss still of the get vouchers. vouchers. Yeah, you can still get no, vouchers. you can't get vouchers. You get these silly plastic cards, like little credit cards. It's not the same, Scott. Things were better in my day. Our day. Oh, dear. oh, lumping me in now. I'm much older than you are. Oh, you don't escape. Yeah, not that much older than me, are you? <laughs> that was that was a flat. That was flattering for you. I thought. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll, as an orphan, I'll take that. We definitely. I'm going to find a button that every time you see that, there's going to be some violin music. Please, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'll really, make a note. Really, I'll make a note. Sort of violin music. Since, since anyway, we now do music on the uh, thing. Hopefully, hopefully. I love our theme tune, it's great. Anyway, shifting from all of that, do you want to talk about real racing, or should we not bother? What, uh, Sebring? Sebring, F1. Are you excited that, as we speak, Fernando Alonso is on the front row of the Grand Prix? I genuinely am excited for Fernando. So I have a complicated story. I have a mate in India who I exchange messages with um, on a Grand Prix weekend. And um, I was saying to him, I, I... Perez, I hope he is allowed to race and win one, um, and that they don't just say, you know, try and part the waters to let Max through, which seems to be kind of the Red Bull way. Um, but I'm also hopeful that Alonso can hold on to his place. I, uh, he seems to be talking it down that he won't be able to challenge um, Sergio, but I at least hope he can hang on to his second place. And wouldn't it just be, I would be delighted for Alonso. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I would be delighted for him if uh, if he managed to bag a win in this year it would be such an excellent story would he be the oldest f1 winner what I is he he's 41 maybe. i doubt that very much no probably fanju was probably a bit older than yeah him, he was probably about well, your age <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, cutting, cutting. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, but cutting. i am excited i as we started recording I made noises about, well, we've got to get this done before five o'clock because that's actually we've got to get it done before uh, four thirty because I do like the grid walk. I hoping I'm hoping that uh, Martin is there and going to do a grid walk because I like that. It adds to the whole ambiance of the session. When I I stopped watching F1 quite some time ago regularly. I'm going to catch the odd one, um, but and back in the day, I remember thinking the best bit was the preamble and the grid walk, and I thought that tells us a lot about the quality of the racing, doesn't it? Well, I would say the best bit is the racing duh uh the the grid walk is good and then all that sky do before that the it, some of the inane stuff that they do with their presenters um on around the track and with the drivers i just find so tedious so i don't bother tuning in for that um there you go Though i don't understand why they have to dumb it all down and make it so oh, well i do because they're trying to appeal to a wider audience but it nobody sits there when the fa cup starts and says okay so here's how the offside rule works but we have to go through all sorts of stuff with um, Grand Prix, or we used to. Maybe we don't so much now. But um, that hasn't the Netflix thing helped with that one? Hasn't it brought it in all has the new people? Educated the masses, yeah. And the, and so and that program alone is why I am frequently hovering over the buy now button with a Netflix subscription. I still, mm, I I'm going to end up having a Netflix subscription just to watch that and then cancelling. Okay, I I signed up to watch Stranger Things and never cancelled. But before we go down that path, it's a shame, or well, perhaps a point of discussion. Given that Drive to Survive, I think it's called, I think that's called um, yeah. uh, has done wonders for the popularity of Formula One, particularly in America. Would we see that Hornby, a model world, is doing anything <laughs> for the popularity of Skeletric? I gonna, I don't think there's anything there to discuss. Sorry, you were going to say what? You're going to say yes. Well, no, I was going to say I imagine in its way it probably is actually. I mean, it probably even if it just reminds people. I know it's predominantly about the trains, isn't it? And, um, uh Which is great because that's the theme of the company and all. I that. have yet but, to uh, tune into this second series. I haven't watched I one think, of the second you know, series yet. Yeah, I mean, I was in a previous life when I had got paid to do these sort of things i i would have always cautioned against having a behind the scenes documentary but in my day they tended to be 
looking for problems that they wanted to make excitement mm. out of these days and this kind of program is a one extended kind of um ad- I, mean, I think it's substantially more scripted than our podcast <laughs> wouldn't be difficult <laughs> that w- i was gonna say that wouldn't take much would it? i but, i realize uh, uh, that uh, sorry i realize um having said i haven't watched one this series i have watched one this series um isn't that just like me to say something and then go, oh, hang on, let me correct myself. Um, I watched one that was all about the little TT Flying Scotsman, which I found quite interesting. And almost, uh, well, it did. It sent me to Tinternet to see how much uh, TT scale Flying Scotsman might be because I thought, well, I could just set up a little a little oval of track in the smaller scale so it would, wouldn't take up much space. And um, I discovered that it's... A couple of hundred quid, 160 quid for one loco. Oh, blimey, Riley. You've got to be a uh, yeah, serious tr- train spotter for that. I think well, they're not they're not cheap, are they? But, no. uh, but then again, uh, talking about price, segueing, darting, flirting about like a butterfly subjects. Uh, I talking earlier on, if we haven't edited it out, about how I was rummaging in old catalogues. Uh, one of the things I found was a. Uh, series of pages which I had torn out of a 1991 edition of Supercar and Classic. This is seamless, very seamless. Seamless, isn't it? Mm. Very glossy classic car magazine. It was written by a journalist that I know called Richard Bremner um, and fantastic photographs of his collection uh, that he had then. Whether he still has it, I don't know. Um, And reading it, uh, it it's a lovely thing to read. But one of the things that took me aback was it he refers to new cars from Skeletric costing about twenty five pounds? This is nineteen ninety one, and so I went to the internet and found a ready inflation adjusted price worker outer thing, and put in twenty five pounds in nineteen ninety one. What would that be in today's money? And do you know what it came out to be? I'm going to guess at three hundred pounds. No, nope, it came out to be £53. What's the retail price of a Skeletrix car these days? Well, there's quite a few of them at £53. Pounds. So I, and I think a lot of people, had all gone, oh, your prices have all gone up very dramatically, they're unaffordable and blah, blah, blah. And I was very guilty of that. I, for some reason, I thought slot cars were 25 quid not that long ago. This may be because I'm old, the 1991... Yeah. Isn't isn't all that long ago, but nevertheless, so they're basically the same price as they were thirty years ago. So, and yeah, I don't remember thinking they were desperately expensive then. So no, and, a and lot better. One of the key, I was going to say, there you go. One of the key things is they're a lot better than they were twenty five years ago. A lot, lot better. Even if you accept that the mini needs its body on to hold the motor in place, they're still a lot better. Well, 30 years ago, the motor was probably clipped into the body. It probably didn't have an underpan. <laughs> no, that's true. Like my BRM. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's very, it's very, I think, and the other thing that came up in that article was reference to a couple of specialist shops. Oh, yes. Um, which, one of which we, we share an experience of, which was Model Motors, uh, then in Bournemouth. I think it still exists in, in Maidenhead. Um, and this was the early days of me getting into it. And well, it was a toy shop and there was lots of stuff, that, you know, kits etc old and new and I was having a rummage and buying a car and the guy said to me oh are you into slot cars well yeah yeah and sort of there was a kind of slightly you know espionage wink and he invited me into a small back room hang on hang on which Scott. was lined. you you are in a specialist retailer specialist shop and specialist retailer and the uh, the proprietor says would you like to come around the back sir yeah be careful and there's Scott, a small room which had which had shelves and shelves of what we came to know as SCX cars, mm-hmm. because at the time, of course, they couldn't be imported officially into the UK. Anyway, I was very excited, very wide-eyed, and there was a BMW M3, which I instantly bought, and it felt especially special because it was sort of secret and illicit. <laughs> so there you go. But you... But you, it turns out, you also well, used the same shop. Yeah, you, you, um, you put that article uh, a space for me to, sh- to share and I had a little read of it and then you pointed out that it talked about model motors and I thought oh, I know model motors so back in the day when I was living over in Bourne End um, Buckinghamshire um, model motors was on the parade there 
and I one day just innocently went in because it was a no offence to the fellow but it wasn't the tidiest of shops it wasn't the most kind of professional of emporiums but I stumbled in possibly just on the pretext of looking at some die casts because he always was into die casts and um, and at that time the SCX had made its way out from the back room onto the main uh, shelves and it wasn't top shelf stuff um, it was there precariously balanced along all the uh, all the homemade shelving that Mike I believe his name is Mike Savage I want to call him I think that was his name um, was Ninko there was some Ninko stuff and I bought a Ninko McLaren F1 GTR in the Ueno Clinic uh, library and he told me about the Maidenhead or it might have been called the Hurley Slot Car Club and I went down thinking I'm going to blow all these boys away because they've got Scalectrics and I've got this incredible piece of technology the Ninko McLaren F1 GTR Ueno Clinic livery and um, so I rocked up uh, I fairly had my backside handed to me on a plate because I was rubbish and they were all very good at this big track uh, that they ran. But it was happy happy memories. Um, I ended up going there for many years. The Oxford Club actually is a descendant of theirs because we, when they lost the gig to hold the club at the Cricket Club, um, we put the plexi track into storage. And when I moved over here, it came out of storage and it was the track we used for the Oxford Scalectric Club for quite some time, for a good few years before we switched to Ninko. And I also, as Fantastic. I said, to, told so you, um, when Mike moved more into the diecasts uh, back in the days when I was a vaguely competent, vaguely competent front-end developer, I um, put together a website for him uh, to flog his uh, mini-champs on. So that one article had me right, right the way down memory lane. It's great, isn't it? This is uh, this this young people is oh, lots of noises from your end. Yeah, I apologise. I've just realised you may uh, there may be the sound of a washing machine spinning, and then that may be the sound of a washing machine beeping. Hold the line, dear caller. I'm back in the room. <coughs> what I was going to say, the benefit this teaches the that having that old press cutting and that sparking those wonderful memories is the benefit of never throwing anything away says the man who hoards 1991 magazines but anyway yeah you must have quite a pile <laughs> so i was going to make a comment there well thank you <laughs> for not i have no idea where you were going with that and it could have been wholly inappropriate. uncomfortable mm. Only inappropriate. <gasps> oh i see where you were going Te <laughs> tell us tell us what caught your eye recently oh what caught my eye recently uh can't remember. Do you want oh, me to give you an old, probably, old no, no, man hint? Well, I can. I can <laughs> now Do you remember those things we discussed just before we started recording? We discussed stuff. Who are you? Where am I? <laughs> this isn't my house. Um, I do remember saying that um, I quite like the look of. I won't buy one, but I am impressed by. <laughs> is it Slot Car Passion? And they do like reworkings of flies. I don't know if they work together in a collab kind of way. Collab being uh, social media speak. Um, but there's a, there's a slot car passions slash fly 911, some kind of rally car that looked quite sweet. And I just thought, yeah, got a wistful. I am hovering on the edge of buying another fly car, which is ridiculous. But Ooh. it won't be one of those because they're too well, expensive. I, but. I quite like fly 911s. And this one uh, has, seems to have got new very lovely wheels um, oh. and I think there's probably a whole program about how the bits of a toy car which are especially lovely and it's wheels for me the wheels if the wheels are when mini champs first come out in die cast it was the wheels were the thing but this this uh, slot car passion stroke fly 911 has got some rather lovely uh, and weathered sort of period 70s type alloy wheels and I haven't seen them on a fly model before so I may be wrong Do you think that's like a new... that's the input from Slot Car Passion that there's some kind of dodgy resin wheel that won't just last it certainly won't take the uh, you know, running around the track a lot I, I don't know because I haven't I haven't read uh, enough about it but No uh, I don't know I'm just, so If it I'll, is that, yeah. I'll happily display a lack of knowledge here but I assume part of what um, Slot Car Passion adds to it is resin bits like the spots and the mm. roof racks and the spare wheels on the back and that kind of jib jab. They have, I think, slot car again. As I understand it, they take existing mass manufactured 
stuff, cars, yeah. models. And they uh, normally Spanish electric stroke SCX, and they add stuff and detail and liveries, and it, they are very nice. Um, yeah, they are. But the prices are suitably. Um, I mean, effectively, they're handmade, aren't they? So yeah. um, they're, they're, I've never, I've never, res- I've never succumbed to buying one. So I, no. I don't know whether they're. And I think we both agree that um, uh, these limited editions aren't. If if it's a limited edition slot car, then it is intended to go in the slot, and it is intended to be race. And you can ha- say it's going in a presentation box and worth a fortune, but it should come out and actually be run. However, that said. A slot car passion. If I'd spent that much money, I would just be loath to run it and risk breaking something. One of those nice what's extra the details. M- what's the most money you've ever spent on a slot car? I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I mean, other than Revo <laughs> slot, I've got a few Revo <laughs> slots, and they're probably the most expensive I've bought. But I did buy at normal retail prices um, the original. I don't know which is nine five six nine six two slotted Newman uh, livery Senna car, which was in a box and very nice, and I ran it, and um, probably that John Underwood. <laughs> Let's blame everything on him. Um, he probably said you shouldn't have run that. That's worth a fortune, and it probably was, um, or would have. As it turned out, it became worth a fortune, but I wasn't. You know, it came in a fancy box. So what? It was a nice livery, and I wanted to run it, so I did. Um, okay. I think no, also I, think I had a van, van Squish as I like to call them I had a Van Squish JPS which I ran uh, and those go on eBay for about sorry they get listed at about 150 squid I don't know whether they go for more or actually achieve the 150 squid but I know they go for silly money um, mm. and I ran mine and destroyed the diff um, funnily enough well, I think that, I think every every time you ran one you'd, this was one of my a number that we raced them at the club and that was the magnets and stuff I think the um, the benefit of whipping the magnet out which I normally do is of course it put less strain on the yeah. rather delicate differential but those are, those are interesting aren't they because when I remember when they came out they were oversized yep. they weren't particularly detailed the diffs used to break yep. I remember them being discounted to buy them so that's probably why I've got a few um, and now, so effectively, it was a failure. I mean, let's you know, they were they were not a success. I don't think. In um, were they not? Whoever was making them at the time. Well, were they not? Well, I can't presume because. Sorry, I'll say it again. Were they not? Um, <laughs> were they not? Some kind of spin-off of Flycar model. Flycar model have just had so many offshoots and sub companies, but I thought they were something to do with Fly, and that just could be um, me. Pointing the finger without any I think evidence. That, I think that one. I I don't have any proof that you're wrong, but it doesn't sound right, because one <laughs> of the things about Fly, <laughs> one of the things about Fly is they were they wouldn't. I mean, you can argue about how scale accurate they are, but I don't think they would have got them that big. The Vanquish That's cars true. were, you know, they were pretty big. Weren't but they? wasn't that um, in order but to no, incorporate it's just that the diff? They had to be bigger because there's always bubbly old diff in the back. So so we told ourselves, I mean, whether that was true or not, I don't no. know. And, um, but I just find it fascinating. Things which are a failure end up being the more expensive once it starts to get in collecting them. But, yeah, uh, there's a there you go. sweet irony in yeah. there. The other thing that caught my eye a bit... and that tempts me mm. is, uh, I think I sent you a link, mm. the, uh, I really, I'm so anti, I'm like oh, incandescent with rage at the Thunderslot Mustang. I just don't get that thing. Okay. Ugh, whatever. Um, move on. The McLaren. They've just announced uh-huh. a couple of um, McLarens. And I quite like the blue one. I can't remember who drives it. I think it was a Fuji race. And uh, it looks quite sweet. And I'm quite happy with my T70 Spider. I'm more than quite happy. I can't race it against anything else because of the way the club works. But I really like it. Um, I do really like it. No, so I, I thought I might get another one. No. Okay. No, I haven't got a Thunderslot. But, and I know there's lots of controversy about the Mustang, are the Can-Am cars more, shall we say, accurate? I think... Um, because I think one of the... Yeah, I believe they're more accurate, but I don't believe they're supposed to, they're, they're quite 132nd. Others will know for okay. sure, but I believe they're not quite 132nd. I think they might have been slotified a bit, maybe made wider, don't know. Um, but they look okay, whereas that Mustang looks wrong. 
No, don't start me on the Mustang. <laughs> Who brought up the Mustang? You, you brought up like the Mustang. Um, <laughs> I brought up the Mustang, sorry. You didn't, I did. Well, you, uh, to be fair, you started it. Yeah, yeah, I did. But talking did. about slow, I was, uh, D- Dave Kennedy was talking about the SCX Barracuda, uh, which one of the reasons it's lovely is it's sort of, it's quite wide and low, it looks great. It's probably not scale like as he said at the time he advised them to just make it a little bit wider. Oh, did he? And uh, he said, as he used, he coined the phrase, which I think was he ninkoized it. <laughs> of course, that was always the thing about ninko. <laughs> they were just a little bit wide. They weren't scale. They were just a little bit wide, uh, which is partly why they handled so well. Um, but um, it's always funny with scale models. We all think cars are squarer than they are uh, because we don't tend to see them from above. You know, we don't. Whereas with a model, we see it. Uh, it's a funny angle, and and we always think the models are thinner and longer uh, than the real car, and it's seldom the case. No, that is an interesting but, uh, observation anyway. right there. Because mm. I keep well, looking used to at the my... old days of Korg. Uh, Sorry, you go on. No, it's because the old days of Corgis and Dinkies, it was about you know they would make it look right, uh, and then as as scale became more important in diecast models, and there was I remember the time people saying this is actually the right shape and size. It's just that you've got to get used to seeing it that way. So um, the transition from toys to models, I guess. So I've been looking a lot. <laughs> sounds weird. I've been looking a lot at my Bastos. Because <laughs> um, every time oh, I look at it, I appreciate it. never more. a bad thing to do. I appreciate it mm. more and more. Absolutely. I think it's a it's, thing of beauty. And Is uh, it because it's red? Is that why you like it more? Because it's the right red. Mm, no, it's the SD one just always... It was it was the space age future to me. I mean, my dad drove Austin Maxis for God's sakes. Um, the Rover SD1 was just like whoa. That looked like luxury. Had a V8, or some of them had a V8. It looked like luxury. It looked like the future because it was sort of a it was a it was an edgy design. I always loved them, and now I've got this Bastos one. I I like it a lot, not the least because it got a podium in its first outing. I'll say oh, no more than that. A podium oh. on its first outing. <laughs> okay, it was a three-horse race, okay, but it that... got the second place, so that's good. <laughs> All right, so it wasn't last. That's no, it wasn't last. Oh, that's good. Mm. What what uh, what defeated it? If I can, mm. what was, what was oh, faster? Almost certainly, I was being foolish, uh, as is my want, and uh, it was Scalectrix in lines, so it was probably an AMG GT3. They're the they're the dogs. What's it's uh, down at the club? But I thought. No, I have to race this thing. It's a beautiful thing, and others need to see it. And so I showed it to them, and it got second place. Anyway, my point is, so you're re- I've, been you're look- re- I've been looking at it yeah. a lot, and um, I put it beside the XJS, and the XJS just looks wrong beside it. But I'm sure somebody measured it up and said, no, that's that's pretty good scale thing. But it just looks wrong beside the SD1, which I also believe to be quite an accurate scale model. So I don't get that. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, like you, I believe, what we're talking about a minute ago, real cars are never quite the dimensions we think they Mm. are because of the way we perceive them. Uh, We tend not to look at them sort of from axle height, for one thing. We tend to be standing above them and looking down on them, and we approach them tending to be from the side rather than head on and all that sort of thing. Mm. But when we look at a model car, we look at it from a very funny and peculiar angle. But... uh, no, I think that the I'm not, I don't get too hung up about whether it's exactly right. They look roughly right, and you know, that's that's good, and they're good fun to run. I mean, the mini I put the mini beside the Rover, uh, and you know, it's it's very small, you and the Rover is very big, yeah. so that that seems about right. Yeah, that seems about right. That looks right um, the, against the XGS. It looks mm-hmm. wrong. Repeat that photo um, yeah. for me. And, and with with the XGS, yeah. okay. But you talking about you were so you were racing a 1980s Groupie Rover. Yeah. Against a twenty twenties group, a GT three Mercedes. Yeah, I know the grid looks a bit off. I I am all in favour of grids looking a bit on, to be honest. But um, hmm. I this thing is in line, and I wanted to race it because I won't be able to persuade the boys to um, go for Group A cars. I don't think not unless Scalectrics really expand the range quite a bit, which I my fingers are still crossed for. Uh, that Volvo two forty T. Come on, come on, Simon. You know you want to. Well. We had. Well, did you see his comment about our? For those who haven't listened, we did a show about what we'd make if we ran our own slot company. And Simon, who is the product manager at Skeletrics, um let's just say he's not offering us any consulting <laughs> contracts. 
anytime soon. Well, he's a fool. Um, he's a fool. I've said it before. I I think he. I think he. I, I wouldn't go that far. I'll say he maybe just needs some convincing. Yeah. Maybe if you gave him his money back, that sort of thing. Uh, well, that's that's back. ransom money. I'm holding that. You're holding that ransom. Oh well, that's fair enough. Uh, but no, it's in the. Um, uh, I said I went to my local. I discovered that there was a slot car club only six miles away from me, which I think I didn't know about. But anyway, I went along a week or so ago for the evening. Uh, so hello, the chaps at iFold Slot Car Club, if you're listening to me. Um, thank you for you were very welcoming, hospitable. Paint a picture, uh, village hall, build the track up, uh, take the track down at the end of the evening. Classic thing. A first, I think, for anything I've been to, is it, it was two lanes, so rather than four lane or six as some of the ones are and of course that kind of restricts how many races you can get through but what they do there they have a it's not really a handicapping system but you set a time with the cars you bring and they're in kind of rough periods uh, and then they try and match driver car pairings which are broadly equal um, so it can mean that you're doing kind of what you did when you raced the rover where you're racing an 80s car against a 2020s car but it's uh, you know the car is the competition is roughly equal so it was interesting so um I'm, as i say every time i go to a different club uh, which i'm i don't do all the time it sounds as though i do i've done it three times this year already which is three times more than i've done it in the last 10 years but it's um it's interesting to see how people do it differently it does sound like you're trying to find a home where you where you fit no, well, one of the guys referred to me as a roving reporter, <laughs> which I suppose <laughs> was, was fear because the last the last time I saw, him, yeah, I saw him down in in Worthing. Uh, no, I've, we've it's always been when I was into the slot cars before. It was always something we did. You know, we came to Oxford, we went to Wolverhampton, then to Abercrombie. I think I've been to Rockingham once. Uh, you know, it's it's good fun go along and meet meet fellow slot car fans. Basically, I mean, I never do very well. Um, and I'm not really looking to go racing on a kind of regular basis because it's not really what I do it for. I like I like I like playing with them rather than racing them. If that's the if I have to put a dividing line in it, it's very interesting the different approaches. Whereas there's a lot we have in common. There are different approaches. I if I build this track, I'm not sure how much use I'm going to put it to because I don't like the idea of just pootling a car around. I mean not pootling just trying to get a lap time i like the idea of racing against other people but not so much that i want to travel the countryside trying to find these other people to race against i mean um bloody hell third shout out to john underwood but he does a lot of miles going to various places he races at rockingham he races at uh, other places i've forgotten and he comes to oxford and um he puts a lot of mileage in just to race his slot cars i mean he's very good at it so that's obviously uh some kind of return for the investment on the on the road but um i have i should mention i have signed up to do the polycar f1s at gaiden so i will be traveling to do some wow racing. yeah it's going to be embarrassing but um again fourth shout out john underwood bloody hell is he sponsoring this or something um he, he bloody ought to he persuaded yeah come on sponsor us um he gave me hassle last time uh again saying you should do this you should do this um so i will i won't i will try and hold what up the honor of talking at a slot but i strongly suspect my car will be on the floor quite a bit and also i will be prop- do you know what this means the, uh, results you know what this means though you know what it means mm, no but i you're, fear where you're you going. are do you yeah okay the livery, what car are you going to race? What car are you going oh, to race? Oh, well, at the this, moment... This Polycar F1. Yeah, at the moment, it'll only be... The only option I have, really, is my... Uh, is it... Oh God, I can't even remember. It's the South African um, March. Is it Gunston? I assume it's Gunston. Um, but if the BRM, if the Marlboro... If the Marlboro man has arrived, then I will be racing a BRM. But would you consider having a white kit, getting some decals and doing a livery in talking utter slot team colours. Um, Blue and yellow. You know the answer to that, Scott. That would be a fantasy livery. Yes. And that would uh, immediately have me shown the door. You can't do fantasy liveries, NSR racing. Can you, you can't that, do is, fantasy liveries. Is that a rule of the competition, or is that just against your principles? It's a rule of the church. <laughs> the church of slot. The church of slot is very broad. Uh, ah, well, I'm uh, a member so of the church of box standard. Not the Church of Slot. 
I think you'll find they have a different uh, holy bu- holy book. But um, the Church of Box Standard doesn't agree with fantasy liveries. Not even one for your own podcast. Not even one for my own podcast. I'm seeing you standing there by the track in a kind of blue hoodie with a logo <laughs> on it. <laughs> what a horrible image. <laughs> Looking like some kind of roadman. <laughs> Saying in it a lot. In it, in it, in it. They stop racing. Okay. Innit? Oh, well, what like? Which day of the weekend is that race on? I, is it the Saturday? Well, I'm turning Sunday? up on the Saturday. Whether or not that's the day I'm supposed to be there, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Fifth shout out to him. John Underwood said I'd be done by twelve thirty, so I'm going to hold him to that. Okay, so, so there's no qualifying, and it's just you throw your name in a hat and away you go. Is that it? No, you the, get car- well, fine. I think your car's got to go the into next... scrutineering. Then there'll be oh, wow. Uh, they're running it professionally, which is obviously going to be. Um, an anathema to me. Is there a, is there a driver's parade? <laughs> um, you all you all have to run round the track. Uh, well, I'm. I mean, Oxford, Oxford, Gaydon is now only two months away. Is it really? Blimey. Two months away. Sorry, I think I keep hitting the microphone. There. I was going to two point out that it's your turn to do it this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Professionalism. The. Uh, so I think you know we need to have a regular update on your preparations for the big the what will now be referred to as the big race. The big, <laughs> hang on, um, Bathur, the great race. I know, mate. It's going to be the great race again. Okay. Well, the great race to me is Tony Curtis throwing custard pies around. What? What? You must have seen the. It's a movie called The Great Race, mm. which uh, has Tony Tony Curtis as the baddie. A sort of Dick Dastardly type character, which I can see him doing very um, well. It's you check out the Great Race. I used to love good. Tony Curtis. Uh, this is more than we need to discuss here. But um, growing up as a kid in the seventies, any Tony Curtis TV show or movie, I just uh, he was a hero of mine. I don't know quite why he was. Um, I love Tony Curtis. Well, I think because he, he did good stuff, probably because of the persuaders. Because of the persuaders, yeah. Uh, and he was Harry Houdini, and was he? Um, I rec- yeah, I recently watched How to Murder Your Wife, which is a good 60s film. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go hit the internet and try and find some uh, Tony Curtis films. Tony Curtis. Mm. Look for The Great Race. But uh, great I, race. I'm pretty sure The Great Race is uh, out, out Mount Panorama Way. And I'm not sure <laughs> Gay is, is as hilly. Ah, there we have it. That was the that was the accent for this episode. Is that what you were going to say? The accent of this? Yeah, I was going to say the impersonation for this week so you've you've uh, dropped a name I work Swedish, with Tim Harvey Swedish what that wasn't my Swedish that was my Australian you <laughs> low life uh, we need to wrap this up soon but I need to we, I need to say to counter your I work with Tim Harvey I work with Tony Pond I work with yeah. Tom Walkershaw whoever else you work with um, <laughs> that Anthony Reid lives in my village that's good yeah I've had a chat with that Anthony Reid was he third right. at Le Mans once? He... I think he was third at Le Mans once. And he's runner-up BTCCCC two years two years running, I think. Okay. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I don't I don't know, Anthony, I have to say. Uh, so oh, you don't? Well, I don't know. That's controversial. <laughs> Surely you've well, worked really, with him in that's... the past, Scott. <laughs> no, I haven't. Mm. I haven't. And, uh, so, no, it was just... You know, it's coincidence. Well, if we talk about... 1980s Austin Rover Motorsport. There's a very good chance, or you know, more late, more recent Toyota Motorsport. There's a very good chance I'll know these people, outside mm-hmm. of those uh, very specific circles. Uh, have you met Anthony Davidson? Yes, he strikes me as a good egg. I like Anthony Davidson. I, I would go along with that. Yes, mm. he is, as far as I can tell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, anyway, it's it's that talking of the with, show talking where with, it all falls a bit flat. So, <laughs> all falls a bit flat. We should really it kind of peters out appropriately. Yeah, because my ears well, are super hot in these headphones again. I think you're going to have to do a lot of editing on this one. Like, you, you know, know what? I'm just going to quite let it roll. a lot of it. I'm going to let it roll. No, oh, I love it no, when it's sort no. of random. If you're still listening, God knows why. But if you are, thank you, and uh, it was much better planned than we actually made it but that was that's all peter's fault i'm blaming him for leading me astray talking about things which we didn't uh, discuss but it was all good fun um and we'll be back again with another one and we'll look forward to an update no maybe on decals maybe on preparing for the big race 
The great race. And the other piece of the great race. And I've ordered, I'll leave you with a bombshell, I've ordered a controller with knobs on. <gasps> Welcome to the dark side. Yeah. And on well, that bombshell. I haven't used it yet. No, that's true. And that bombshell. Thanks for listening, everybody. Time to say goodbye. Goodbye, Scott. Bye, Peter. <laughs> that was... That was... Yeah, you are. Do you want? There's lots of rattling going on. Yeah.